Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. O oh, blossom-lined street, lead me through canopies of pink. O oh, atoms of dusk, align tonight, mixing in the violet hour. Moment of moments, chance encountered time, reveal to me the moon underwater. Welcome one and welcome all, pub swains, pint reavers, and consumers of amber glow. It is I, John Robbins, landlord of the moon underwater, and I'm so glad to have you all here. And I'm also glad to have by my side, or should I say by my bar, the lovely, the regular, the Robin Allender. Hello, Robin. Hi, John. How are you doing? I'm good. You seem very pleasantly propped there against bar. Thank you. We are joined just one day after earthly pubs have reopened. Yeah, yeah. And how has that impacted your thoughts, your feelings, your desire? Well, God, good cue, John. I mean, I, I sort of said to myself, right, I'm not going to go to the pub this week. It's going to be it's going to be so busy going outside. It's going to be it's cold as well. It was snowing yesterday morning, but I met my girlfriend Ruth at the Forest Hill station yesterday and we just we didn't even need to say it we were just like shall we try the Sylvan Post uh but we couldn't we couldn't get a table but it was just to see people outside it was quite it was really lovely actually it was nice to see that I think I mean I don't you know people what what are your feelings about it John well I actually went to a pub yesterday I I knew in my mind that when you're thinking about pubs for five months, yeah, you know it's impossible to live up to those thoughts because, in a sense, you are, like we, we talk about, you know, to the extent at which pubs are actually just desire incarnate, the mind pub. So you've created that in your own mind palace. I knew it was going to be a poor representation of, of, of pubs, 
But it's not the pub's fault. It's the logistics that those pubs have to... Of course, yeah. ...go through. So we started off in this pub called The Conductor, which is one of those pubs... You know in London where you have those sort of weird pedestrianised office courtyards? Yeah. And it might have like a pret and a bar and then just a load of offices. So it's one of those which I think in peacetime would have been fine, but it was just so, so cold. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was just like at no point through lockdown have I been thinking, oh, I hope I can go and have a pint at six degrees. Yeah. Do you worry, though, more broadly, that when things go back to normal, no pub will live up to the way you built it up in in your mind? No, because I think, you know, certain pubs do live up to the dream. The the Dagda never fails to deliver. The Dagda never fails, yeah. And what I'm worried about is because we've had so much time of isolation, I'm worried that I'm going to be very sensitive to other people and other people being loud idiots in pubs so crowds you know it's going to be very very strange being back in a crowded pub but that's always been the case with pubs yeah and pubs have always you know hell is other people and heaven is an empty pub (laughs) is that what the end of the was that in the play as well (laughs) (laughs) and you can never protect against the influence of bigger boys on a pub. The chaos of reality, yeah. The chaos of reality. What's that Elliot quote? A man cannot stand too much reality. It made me think how the moon underwater is a great place for people to come and experience a pub without a pub. Yeah. Because we've already had some lovely correspondence for people who say that they they opened a beer and and drank along with our episode with Nish. That's fantastic, isn't it? That's so nice to know that you are with us. And even, you don't have to be drinking. Yeah. But to know that you're able to come with us into this pub. And you're in the pub now. Yeah. (laughs) I tell you what, I had a really lovely message, um, which was someone saying, loved the pod and I'm 16 years sober. Which I think is great because it's, uh, we really didn't want to make it too boozy and too about, oh, let's all get pissed and we wanted it to be for everyone who can who enjoys pubs basically that is such such a nice endorsement and proof if proof be need be that pubs aren't just alcohol they are place they are people they are home um they are thoughts feelings desires memories hope again again (laughs) Hope times two. Hope times two. We also had a lovely email from Rav. He said, Hi, John and Robin. Loving the moon underwater. I wanted to drop you a quick line to let you know the owl and pussycat still stands. Wow. It still does amazing Indian food with the relatively new addition of a Nepalese menu. Keep up the good work from Rav. That's great. That's so nice to know that the pub Nish was talking about, one of his early pub influences is still going strong, and that is music to my heart. Mm, Yeah, what a lovely email. Uh, If you have an email, you can send it to john at moonunderpod.com, and we will either read it out here in the Moon Underwater, or we'll read it out behind the cellar door, the bonus podcast which is available to uh, patron subscribers. And a word on patron subscribers, we made an error uh, last week when describing the... uh, 
the tiers and prices because uh, uh, some last minute changes were made to improve the names of the tiers mm. and to adjust the pricing. So apologies for that. But we had not reflected those changes. So just to be clear, um, the levels of Moon Underwater patron patronage are half pint heroes at four pounds, pints folk of the realm at six pounds and legends underwater at eight pounds. So we had actually shifted a pound off the top tier and onto the bottom tier to even things out. Uh, but that was that was not reflected. And we also uh, had uh, working title names for those tiers, whereas now those names are shining resplendent. Tears in heaven. Tears in heaven. Um, would you know my name, Robin, if I saw you in the mood underwater? Yes, you would, because my name's John Robbins. So, folks, um, much fun to come between Robin and I as pubs open and more content to provide you, more pub thoughts and reflections. Robin, can a pub reflect itself? Yeah, I think I think we're on our way there, aren't we? If you hold a mirror up to a pub, what do you see? Well, you see yourself, don't you? <laughs> we do. <laughs> They're difficult questions, John. I mean, I don't, you know... Uh... When, a pub, when a pub looks at itself in the mirror, it sees you. Yeah. I mean, is a... What is what is a mirror? <laughs> well, a mirror is 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 you in a pub's eyes. Yeah. Speaking of mirrors, mm. a light is being cast off uh, our enamelled, engraved, and gilded mirror here at the Moon Underwater, and it's throwing several beautiful shards of light onto the bar. But I can't help but notice there are a few, and this is on me. A few pint rings on this bar, Robin. Oh, well, I don't work here, do I? No, no, don't worry. It's all on me. Oh, I see. And you know how sometimes the ring of a pint, the liquid at the bottom, makes the wood go slightly grey? Yeah. Can can we think about that for a second and hold that in our minds? What an assault that is. Well, this just goes back to my my point I've made time and time again, which is beer mats are going out of style. Beer mats are going out of style, but they're not going out of the moon underwater because we've got 10,000 beer mats here. Yeah. Um, We wanted to do that thing where you uh, sort of stick them all to the wall, but that would have taken up too much space. We've just got 1,000 beer mats with an enormous nail going through it into the bar. It's quite, you have to watch your head when you come in. I can't quite picture that. What do you mean? It's eight foot. An eight foot nail? Oh, yeah, yeah, eight foot nails. How do you think they made steam engines and cruise ships? And that's the first thing you see when you go into this pub? Into this pub you're in now that you can see <laughs> yeah. is eight an eight foot long stack of beer mats impaled on the bar with one nail because I couldn't be asked to put them all around the bar. What, like, like a load of receipts? Yes, like a load of receipts, but it's very neat. Well, that's not going to work because the beer mats are going to have holes in them. What do you mean it's not going to work? It's there to, for you to see. It works. I don't know what you're talking about, John. What do you mean? But these beer mats have been impaled. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of putting them all individually decoratively these aren't the ones we use oh right right oh so instead of putting them on the wall you've impaled them on a spike (laughs) i can't believe you're so surprised it's right there in front of you oh yeah well i can't trust my own eyes (laughs) (laughs) and the eyes of the window to your soul yeah so what are you saying about your soul i don't know i don't know john (laughs) i'm tired the tired eyes hungry eyes 
Hungry, tired eyes. Well, those hungry, tired eyes are about to watch me clean this blooming bar, get these grade rings off, in anticipation of our VSG, a very special guest, and the reason I want to keep the moon underwater in such good nick is because our guest owns her own pub. And when you invite a landlord, a landlady, a publican, a licensee into your pub, you are inviting one of your own into your own self. So I'm going to get scrubbing. Robin's going to do up his top button and shine his shoes in preparation for this week's guest. Robin, Robin, does the word does the word gloaming mean anything to you? Yes, gloaming, the kind of between state of dusk, evening, that kind of is that the kind of what you're groping towards? Yeah, I think it's sort of a mixture of glimmering and um, and what's the other word that gloaming is a mixture of? Sort of glimmering and and sh- sh- shimmering is it I, th- I think you might have made that up but it's it's definitely uh it's a lovely word isn't it to describe a kind of magical hour of darkness of duskness yeah well it's it's something about that point at dusk when it could be either evening or morning mm. where you get the sense that anything is possible yes 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 and there's a certain shimmer on the horizon one that more often than not here at the moon underwater portends a guest being thrown out of the endless lamp-lit alleyways of desire. Yeah, there's certainly a glimpse in the Sorrow's Mirror tonight. <laughs> I thought that was... Because I was looking in Sorrow's Mirror that's yeah. out the back and I thought there's something in there tonight. And I, almost by magic, that glimpse I caught in Sorrow's Mirror I think is approaching the door of the moon underwater. And yes, the door is open, and I think I can make out the visage of a key exponent of both horsepower and horse power, because it's model racing driver and expert equestrian Jodie Kidd. <laughs> Hello! What an intro. I mean, I've had some intros in my life. Half-light. Half-light. <gasps> oh, half-light. Shimmering, glimmering, apparition has just appeared. Jody, is it safe to say that whenever we think about <laughs> a pub it's in a kind of half light? Well, well that's when I leave, definitely. <laughs> oh right. No, it's actually picture perfect when I arrive. It might be slightly hazy when I leave, definitely. The pub, the mind's eye is a pub's eye. Discuss. Right. Do you do are you a pub fantasist? Do you imagine pubs? I mean I I I love pubs so much that I actually bought my own. So um so yes, you oh. can say that yes, I am a pub fantasist is to the point where I jumped headfirst into uh, inquiring my local. Jody, you are the first person we have had in the moon underwater who has owned is owning mm-hmm. a real world pub. Yep. Name is above that door saying Jody Kidd something or other is the owner of this amazing building. 
blah 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 blah. And is this something? Was it something you'd always dreamed of having your own pub? I mean, it's kind of something that everyone goes, oh, wouldn't that be amazing and wouldn't that be fun? Well, this is the thing, I think, because John has often had a pub fantasy of owning a pub. But in your fantasy, John, it's always like you're a kind of sleeping partner. <laughs> yeah. So without actually having to do any real work. Uh, I think, like, uh, in so many ways, pubs are better as a fantasy. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I'm, I can put my hand up and go, leave them as just that shimmering, <laughs> whatever you said, glimmering. Gloaming sort gloaming, of presences. Yes. Because I have looked into what qualifications you need <laughs> to be a publican. And every single landlord I've spoken to says it is such hard work. It's brutal. And that's because the margins are so so small. We get taxed through the eyeballs from, I don't want to go into boring stuff, but, you know, business rate tax and beer tax and sugar tax and, you know, VAT. It's all it's so extraordinarily high that, that it's literally pennies, pennies that you make on a pint and things like that. Like being a petrol station. Well, I mean, exactly. Not that I know what it's like to own a petrol station, but I'm just saying, yes, yeah. yes, it's exactly like owning... Because you're making like two or three P yeah. a litre and the rest totally. is on the markup on sort of totally, totally. dairy milk. Yeah, and the thing is that, that because we get so highly taxed on alcohol here that, you know, the supermarkets can offset it with tomatoes or cucumbers or whatever they want to do, whereas we can't. And so it's actually becoming cheaper for people to go and buy, you know, a four-pack from the supermarket, and that's really having massive strain on on the pub industry. Do you think that when things open up again, do you think that will be an issue? Because, I mean, obviously there'll be the big rush to go back. But then do you think people will go like, oh, my God, I've sp I'm spending so much money when I could just get four cans, you know? That's the point where, where, of course, that first weekend, it's all going to be just amazing. And I can't wait to do it myself, you know, just go and talk to my friends and sit in a garden and go and have a proper draft pint. Um, and yes, I'm sure because we've all been locked down and work has been incredibly tough for a lot of people that eventually that will kind of go, mm, you know, but we are, we're, we're okay. We're not massive because I did this big fight to, to, to lower beer tax. And so in this year's budget, they've frozen it, which is great news because they were going to raise it. So it means that we're still good. We're still competitive with those pesky supermarkets, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, there's, we can't wait for that opening day. It's just, oh, just going to be a magic. I came up with my own taxation plan for alcohol. Wow. Jersey, <laughs> John's yeah. got a lot of time um, on his hands. It, it sort of solves the problem of supermarkets undercutting pubs, but also the problem of minimum pricing. So you basically tie tax to ABV on a sliding scale so that the sort of drinks you're selling in a pub, so that sort of beer at 5% and below, there's more of an incentive to sell that because it's cheaper than sort of very strong cider or beer you might get in supermarkets because you're not get, ever going to have like an 8% beer on draft, are you? No, no. So it, it would push people towards pubs where it's safer to consume weaker alcohol. Very sensible, John. It's a very dry fantasy, <laughs> tax-based. Yeah. <laughs> Jodie, I'm delighted to say that you can now lay all the logistical stresses of being a licensee and a publican to one side 
because we are about to create your dream realm pub. So there are no consequences to the choices you make here. No one's going to be upset because it's a pub you will take with you wherever you go. So we start off with two draft items. Doesn't have to be beer, just anything that could legitimately be available on draft. I mean, mine, mine's going to have to be my my two favourites. And that's, I'm a Moretti fan. I'm a massive, mm. massive Moretti. So I'll go in, I'll have a pint of Moretti, and then, you know, I'll go on to wine. It's kind of something that I just find a really lovely, light, strong... It just ticks all the boxes. It's a very good beer. And then my other one is that I kind of drink a lot more um, a lot more during the winter, and that's a good old pint of Guinness. And the, these are, you know, my two favourite drafts. So there's something really beautiful about a pint of Guinness and how hearty it is and how just rich and lovely and creamy. And it just makes me happy. But it, I, in the summer, I drink much more Moretti. And then in the winter, I'm a much more bigger fan of that lovely, stouty, thicker. Mm, 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 yeah. I've got one now. I can't yeah. wait for the cup <laughs> to open. I'm like missing a draft so much. But finally, I, get, I, I, I can go to someone who's got the answers for the questions I have about Guinness. Yeah. So what is it? in the actual process of keeping and maintaining Guinness that makes a good pint, because it varies so much more than other... Well, apart from lager, which is kind of the same everywhere, pretty much. But there's something about a bad pint of Guinness with a slightly brown head with bubbles in it. And you think, how can you get that so wrong when next door gets it so right? Yeah, it's all, all about the pipes. Talk to me about pipes. Well, the pipes have got to be really properly cleaned so we're open well we will be open eventually kind of like a Wednesday to a Sunday and when we get to the end of the Sunday take everything off the barrels and we flush all the chemicals through to really clean those pipes is it that bright purple stuff that goes through yeah there? oh god I mean you don't you don't want to know but it it does the job and then we spend ages flushing loads of water out and then we clean it clean it clean it but the difference is extraordinary even if you're pouring you know an amstel or something and then a really important thing is I know this is not Guinness but but is the glass and so a lot of issues we've had is the detergent that you use on cleaning the glasses or or something like that where it kind of coats the little imprint in the bottom so it's all about maintenance and having high levels of cleanliness and pride yeah because i always feel like such a fuss pot taking a pint of lager back that's like i know not bubbling because oh, there's nothing God. wrong with the lager but it's just and you, but you sound like mad it's not bubbly <laughs> I know, but it's so important. And, you know, and I'm like so ashamed when we pour a pint and something's happened or the glass or something's, you know, and I take it back and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And then my kind of like my general manager is like, oh, there's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> Get it back out. And I'm pouring it down the sink. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, you, you must. Because you, if you're going to spend money on it, it's got to taste how you want it to taste. And it's, and it's got to, that's, you know, it's what pubs have got to. How, how often are you kind of at the coal face then? When in, in under normal times, are you, are you behind the bar or are you? Oh yeah, I love it. I love it, and it's when I've done. I do shifts and things like that, um, which is brilliant. Most people don't think I do, but it's brilliant fun. I literally have to clock in and do my four or five hours, and I just. But the thing is that I went and see people, and they're always buying me drinks. 
So I'm normally completely plastered by the time. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm like a Sauvignon Blanc to the, you know, Grigio. I'm like, oh, it all goes. But that's kind of part of coming to my pub is that, you know. As someone who's been in the public eye, do you ever get sort of anxious? Because if someone comes to your bar, you have to talk to them. Like, you're sort of trapped in a sense. Were you ever worried that sort of you might get... Uh, sort of fans coming in and using it as a, a sort of an, a, a reason that you would have to have a conversation with them. Have you ever been sort of made to feel uncomfortable? Oh God, yeah, 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 definitely. But the thing is, as long as they're buying pints, I don't care. I'm like, <laughs> I can always go, wow. oh God, the washing machine's broken and I'm going to go yeah, and check right. it or something. There's always an excuse. And I'm constantly, like my partner hates going to the pub with me because I'll be sitting there, even if we're going for a Sunday roast and actually enjoying it as a, a customer. I'll just be sitting, scanning. I'll be like, oh, God, no, that person's empty glass there. Or, oh, I'll go and clear up there or something. So I'm a complete nightmare. So I'm constantly, you've got to be on the go. So, yes, you can talk to people. And the most amazing thing is, sorry that I'm just taking over this whole... That's great. <laughs> <Just> downloading. <laughs> but I'm born and bred in this area. And because you know of my modelling days in the 90s and early 2000s, I was very kind of insular because it was the time of you know paparazzi leaning over fences and chasing you down roads and it was kind of like a really horrible time so I just kind of cocooned in or just went to work and then cocooned in so I've been here for many many years and it wasn't until I got to the pub that gave me the kind of confidence to sit and chat to everyone because I had to I'm the landlady and it's been the best thing in the world actually getting to properly meet your regulars your locals your neighbors and how brilliant people are I mean there's some proper asses out there as well but I mean you know it's been one of the most kind of cathartic kind of amazing things that I've done is actually kind of really opening up so I love having a gossip about the combine harvester that's broken down and the bloody cows that have gone through that field and trampled over Mrs Marple's I don't know leaks um you know it's kind of, <laughs> this is not the mrs marble <laughs> but it's the best thing ever for me is 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 actually being forced into that situation and so if you want to improve your mental health open a pub <laughs> well there's pros and cons on that one <laughs> yeah <laughs> klaus klaus Klaus, Klaus, I know we are in the great German rock band Neu, but we need to go to the pub now. Klaus, I want to go to the pub now. Oh, mein Gott, Klaus, I'm going to the moon under Wasser. We come on now to your next choice, which is to go alongside Moretti and Guinness. And I'm guessing there'll be some real ale fans in your area screaming at the uh, at their podcast provider of choice but what are your bottled items going to be you've got two okay i'm going to go with an italian rosé a really beautiful italian rosé and it's from puglia which is down towards the heel of the of the boot and um does it have a name the, yes, the it does. But if I tell you, I'm going to have to kill you. No, because it's all mine. <laughs> and they only do a certain amount. No, it's called California. So it's C-A-L-E-F-U-R-I-A. I think something along those lines. But uh, I am incredibly dyslexic and came out of school with zero, zero, especially English, like F. 
fail. Um, but it's a beautiful one. And I'll tell you what happens is that they've got all of the um, all of the grapes are very, very close to the sea. And so they get this natural kind of salty taste in them. So it makes it a wonderful rosé to drink, which is really beautiful. But also it makes you incredibly thirsty. <laughs> you have to keep on drinking more that's and more. It's <laughs> kind of the perfect drink. Yeah. It's, yeah, exactly. But no, it's really, really beautiful. It's, it's, it's quite hard to get over here, but it's by the Antonori family. Do you sell that in your pub? Is it or is it not really viable to to sell in the UK? I do for special occasions, basically. But otherwise, we're we're not we're we're Mirabeau, so we do all the Mirabeaus. That's our good, hearty, beautiful French provincial, gorgeous rosé. Very very drinkable. Very very light in colour. Talk us through the half the, your pub, the Half Moon. Um, what 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 when we go in? What what beers do we see on draft? We are basically we've we've got we're tied. To enterprise in, so we have to get a certain amount, which is kind of like hands slightly tied behind our backs of of what I would personally do. But they they have pretty good ones. So we're Amstel, we're Moretti, we're Guinness, obviously. We've got Stouffer Press the cider. Then uh, we're Harvey's um, Ale, which is lovely, and it's oh, a proper. I love, I love Harvey's best. Yeah. Like that, it's a bit yeah. rude when I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> Jody is miming yes. pulling a pint by the yes. way. Yes, yes. <laughs> What's your second bottled item, Jody? I'm going to go for a hearty. I'm going to go for a proper big fat Bordeaux. What does that mean to someone who doesn't know a lot of wine terminology? When you say big and fat, <laughs> what are you describing in in, in the sort of flavour? Okay, the flavours are Oh my god, it's really difficult to explain. They're only when you can ever try a Mouton Rathchard, a Lafitte, or if you're really like the best of the best is a Romani Conti. So I'd probably go for a Romani Conti. So a big fat red is something that just holds so much aroma and smells and will take you on a journey. So you kind of have your first sip and the first kind of things that happen in your tongue are kind of like it makes you immediately kind of saliva more and then it just takes you on this incredible as I said it's like a journey it's like a taste palette journey you don't need to down it it's just the sipping and it's just something that just is so unbelievably beautiful I mean it's really difficult because each one has different flavors and different things but it's I think it's the journey it takes you on of of what one sip can do do we need any more information apart from Romani Conti? Is it a certain year, a certain type of... A Romani Conti, okay. If I could, uh, let's say let's say the year I was born, 1978. What grape is that? Or am I? is that in the name? Am I being... Uh, yeah, Romani Conti is, an, is like an, is the, the, the area. Ah. It, is, it is the wine. Um, it will be a £5,000 bottle of wine. Doesn't matter because <laughs> there's, no, there's no currency in the land of desire. <laughs> Be yeah. lucky if I earn that in a week. <laughs> but it's a tiny, it's a tiny little vineyard that just produces this extraordinary, extraordinary. I don't think anything drops below a thousand pounds a bottle. Yeah, that's amazing. And there's such variety between those vineyards, like really close to each other as well, aren't there? Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Literally, go from one side to another, and it's just a little stone wall. And you're going from a two thousand pound bottle of wine to a twenty quid bottle of wine, and and it's. 
two meters apart and you'll go Okay, everybody, pens out, eyes down, it's time for the quiz. He played for Zimbabwe, but he was born in South Africa. I know Alaska is bigger, that wasn't the question. Put your phone away. Right, Michael Jackson's Funky Monkey had been deducted five points. The Moon Underwater quiz is, uh, the, you know, you, the, there's no prizes. Um, it's just fun to take part. It's just something for our listeners to exercise their brains during the ad break. Um, but this this week, the questions are on what would a pub be without the Oscars? Do we answer them? You can take part after. Yeah, we'll we'll see how how well you did. So you can kind of uh, play along as you as you as you like. So yes, what would a pub be without? The Oscars. Question one. Which film beat Ghost, Awakenings, The Godfather Part 3 and Goodfellas to win Best Picture? Okay, so have a think about that. I'll do the answers at the end if you... Do you not give us, like, A, B, C and D? No, no, no multiple choice here. This is dreadful. (laughs) It was quite a famous year because, let's just say, the the film that won maybe wasn't quite as deserving as Goodfellas. Let's put it No, and Ghost. (laughs) Question two, who has won the most Oscars? Oh, gosh. Okay, question three. Only three films have won all five of the most coveted Oscars. So that's Best Film, Best Actor, Best Actress, Best Director, and Best Screenplay or Best Writing. So can you name one, two, or even three of the films that have won all five of those awards? Yeah, so those are your three questions Think about them. Let them entertain themselves in your brain box during the advert break. So, folks, for those of you who don't subscribe on Patreon to get any number of wonderful extra treats, including our uh, special bonus podcast, it's time for the adverts. But for those patrons, and what is a pub without a patrons, uh, here is some relaxing music. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. (laughs) 
Welcome back to The Moon Underwater, where we are really enjoying creating the fantasy pub of Jodie Kidd. And, well, we'll recap some of Jodie's choices in a second. But before then, we have the answers to a superb Oscar-based pub quiz. Thanks, John. So, yes, the quiz this week was about the Oscars. Question one was 1991, so looking at the films that came out in 1990, which film beat Ghost Awakenings, The Godfather Part 3, and Goodfellas to win Best Picture? Jodie? Um, I don't know. I really don't know. I'm going to kick myself. I know I'm going to kick myself. Like Alien, or something along those lines. It didn't win. Did Alien win? I'm not sure if Alien won. But should have. Should have, yeah. But it was the right kind of period. Was it? Was it Driving Miss Daisy? No, it wasn't Driving Miss Daisy. Was it, it was Dances Dan- with Wolves? Yeah, it was Dances with ah! Wolves. Oh, God, I yeah. love it! Uh, question two, who has won the most Oscars? What are you saying? I'm going to go actress and really boring Meryl Streep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm going to say Walt Disney. John has it. It is Walt Disney. You're joking. Yeah, uh, Walt Disney won 22 Oscars. Wow. There were, but ma- most of them were for short films, which obviously still counts. But he no, only won. <laughs> no, Stewart's Inquiry. No, short. This is proper. You said the proper. <laughs> this still counts. It still counts. Oh, this is. He, just... he did win one for Best Picture. Do you know what that would have been? Was it Fantasia? Mary Poppins. Ah. Mary Poppins. I mean, it feels yeah. a bit unfair because it's not like he drew all the mice. Well, did Daniel Day Lewis, you know, do what, you know, whatever he did? Yeah, he yeah, did. He did. Yeah. he did do that. <laughs> uh, question three was only three films have won all five of the most coveted Oscars, best film, actor, actress, director, and the screenplay. So do you want to guess what any of those I've might be? i two. Out of Africa? No. Titanic? No. Oh, for God's yeah. sake. I'm Titanic did win a lot. Yeah, but not those key five. I've gone for Godfather Part Two. Gone with the Wind and Return of the King. John, you're going to kick yourself. Silence of the Lambs was ah! one of John's favourite films. Three films. The other one was um, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Was it really? Yeah. And, oh, you know, very well done if you got this at home, to quote Richard Osman. The other one was 1935, It Happened One Night, huh? which I haven't seen. But yeah, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and Silence of the Lambs were the two biggies there. So very well done if you got those at home. We return to Jodie Kidd's dream pub, not her actual pub, but which she also (laughs) has, but her dream pub, which is a side project of the mind. And in this (laughs) pub, we have uh, Moretti and Guinness on draft. We have uh, a Poulian California rosé from the Antinori family. And we have a big, fat, Romani Conti 1978 red wine. But what have we got in the spirits department? Jodie, you've got two spirits on the rack. Lay them hence. Okay, I'm going to go for, I like just a very clean vodka. And and I love a Tito's vodka. Ooh, I've never heard of that. Tito's is lovely. It's just a really good, you can just drink it. On the rocks, it's lovely, it's fat, it's full of kind of like, not that vodka has a massive flavour, but it's just, it's just very lovely on the tongue and it's, and it's just a nice, it's a nice drink. And then I would have to say, I'm a massive tequila fan. So I'm, I'm a big tequila fan as in a sipping tequila. 
Um, so there's this incredible um, tequila called Pancho Datos, obviously Mexican. Um, it's family run, beautiful bottles. Uh, they do everything from a platter to a reposado and they're just bringing out a mezcal. Oh, they are beautiful bottles, Jodie. Yeah, they're gorgeous, but it's actually what's in them. Mm. So, you know, I, I I think tequila is such, and it's my, actually my mum that introduced me to tequila as a sipping thing, like better than whiskeys, better. I mean, a lot of whiskey connoisseurs are going to be like, ah! <laughs> um, but it is so incredibly lovely as, um, you know, an after dinner or before dinner, actually any time. It's just, <laughs> it's just the most fantastic drink. And Pancho Datos do it incredibly well. Beautiful bottles, and when their mezcal comes out, oh! Has it got a little red hat on the top, or is that? (laughs) No, (laughs) that's not the one. (laughs) That's not the one. That's slightly further down the scale. Yeah, sure, sure, Um, sure. Apparently, Ed Sheeran is obsessed with very fancy tequila. Yes, it is totally the new drink. We've gone through this big gin phase. uh, I mean, there's there's one pub that was close to us, and it was just uh, fifty types of gin. I mean, it was just extraordinary. And, it's and too many types of gin. Overloading. And to be honest, I'm not a big kind of mother's ruin drinker anyway. So I've always been a fan of tequila. And now I've got friends that just purely come to the pub just for, for Pancho. And, you know, that's all that they'll they'll drink. You know, maybe wow. a glass of wine, but, but it's all tequila. And it's such a lovely drink. You know, it makes you feel high and great. <laughs> uh, when I was in Mexico, I had a drink called pulque. Have you ever heard of pulque? <gasps> it's, it's made in the same way as tequila from a cactus. So agave. Yeah, but yeah. it's it's almost like a milk. It sort of hasn't fermented yet, so it's milky. Ooh. So it tastes almost like a milkshake. Oh, how and lovely. It doesn't export very well because it goes off, So, which is why I don't think we can really get it outside of Mexico. But the thing is, it ferments in your stomach, so you feel drunk about an hour and a half oh, after God. you've drunk it. Oh. <laughs> They're just burping a lot. Yeah, but it was a very mystical experience. Yeah. Really wonderful. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like the worm. It's a yeah. little sneaky worm. Indeed, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Mm. With two sipping uh, spirits, we move to the pub library, where I'm guessing the sort of writers... Uh, some of the writers that already grace the pub library would be big fans of Panchos Datos tequila. Mm. I reckon Lowry would have liked a bit of that. Oh, yeah. Big on the mezcal, definitely. Yeah. So what is going into the pub library this week? Robin. Thanks, John. So every week I choose a book to go into the pub library of the moon underwater. And this week we're keeping it lowbrow. And it's Ulysses by James Joyce. Wow. <laughs> nice. It is one of the great pub books, I think. There are three kind of big pub episodes in Ulysses, maybe three or four. And Davy Burns is a great pub, which is still in Dublin, which is still a beautiful pub, actually, where you can go and drink what Leopold Bloom has in the book. What's the other one? The Cyclops episode is in a pub called Barney Kiernan's, I think, which is still there. There's a, one of my favourite chapters is the Sirens chapter, and that's set in the Ormond Hotel, which is still going. I once listened to the audiobook of this as I was falling asleep because I'm cool. And um, it's actually, it, it, even though it's impressionistic, so you think, okay, this is difficult to read. In, in another way, it actually brings 
it to life so much. It brought it to life so much. I could see the pub. You know, you can hear the chatter of the pub, and you can see the people. And it's just such a it's so beautifully written the whole chapter. Anyway, this is a little. I mean, I wouldn't say it's just a, a quick pick me up, have a little kind of thing, put it back down. Oh my goodness, is ready. It takes one hundred and thirteen point five seconds to pull the perfect yeah. point. I've just read a chapter in Unices. Whoa, there we go. Yeah, I mean, I you know I don't. Know. Let's see what we make of it. It's um, it's, it's this is a very heavily abridged extract, but uh, it's a very I really like intellectual this. pub. I I don't think this would be going down in the half moon very well. (laughs) (laughs) Miss Kennedy sauntered sadly from bright light, twining a loose hair behind an ear, sauntering sadly gold no more. She twisted, twined her hair, sadly she twined in sauntering gold hair behind a curving ear. Miss Deuce half stood to see her skin askance in the bar mirror gilded lettered where hock and claret glasses shimmered and in their midst a shell. Into their bar strolled Mr. Dedalus. I think I'll trouble you for some fresh water and a half glass of whiskey. With the greatest alacrity, Miss Deuce agreed. With grace of alacrity towards the mirror gilt, Cuntrell and Cochrane, she turned herself with grace. She tapped a measure of gold whiskey from her crystal keg. Forth from the skirt of his coat, Mr. Dedalus brought pouch and pipe. Alacrity she served, he blew through the flue two husky fife notes. By Jove, he mused, I often wanted to see the Morn Mountains. Must be, a gr- must be a great tonic in the air down there. He see he drank with far away morning mountain eye, set down his glass. He looked towards the saloon door. I see you have moved the piano. The tuner was in today, Miss Deuce replied, tuning it for the smoking concert, and I never heard such an exquisite player. Upholding the lid, he, who, gazed in the coffin, coffin at the oblique triple piano wires, he pressed the same who pressed indulgently her hand, soft pedalling a triple of keys to see the thicknesses of felt advancing to hear the muffled hammer fall in action, in drowsy silence gold bent on her page. A duodene of bird notes chirruped bright treble answer under sensitive hands, brightly the keys all twinkling, linked all harps according, called to a voice to sing the strain of dewy morn, of youth, of love's leave-taking, life's love's morn. Jesus Christ. I started going a little bit cross-eyed there, but I don't know whether that was my second glass of wine. <laughs> Did you feel yourself in the pub, though? I, or? No, I didn't. No. I mean, I must have been, as no. I said, F. But I think the thing with picking up and dipping into Ulysses is perhaps a better way to appreciate it than sitting down and reading it, because that reminds me of that Captain Beefheart song, 81 Poop Hatch. <laughs> yes, my eyes are burnt and bleeding and all that looks like a monkey on a silver bar. There's that, there is a sort of, and this is I, not a comparison, I mean, but there is a sort of slam poetry rhythm to it. Yeah, totally. Well, it is becoming musical and it's kind of, it works very well to be read out. I yes, think. very yeah. much so. And I think the problem with Ulysses is you sit down thinking, right, I'm going to read this book, but it's from cover to cover, but it, that's not, it's too, it's too big. I'm going to put it in the men's lose. I'm going to do that specially for you guys. <laughs> and that's where it belongs in a, in a kind of mad way. Who would have loved that? Yeah. It's got a whole chapter about a bum hole. Bum hole? A whole chapter on a bum hole? Might put it in the ladies as well. <laughs> Someone said um, to James Joyce, uh, I want to shake the hand that wrote Ulysses. And he said, well, you don't know what else this hand has done. Or something like that. <laughs> Fantastic addition to the pub library, and we will now get our scaffolding and crane to lift Ulysses onto the bookshelf (laughs) and to accompany the musicality 
of James Joyce's Ulysses, we now uh, ask Jodie to add an album to your dream pub jukebox. Jodie, if you could have one album on a jukebox in a pub when you go in, what would it be? If it was my favourite, it would be something totally different to what every time in a pub as a landlady that comes out when all the diners have left, where it just creates the best vibe and everybody sings. So I love a good sing song and that would have to be Queen. It's oh, just one yes. song after another, after another. Can we sound some kind of alarm? Because for the first time in this dream pub, in this realm of desire, some someone is finally speaking sense. <laughs> Jody, if I could just turn if I could just turn my camera. Yeah, let me see. Oh no! It's the- <laughs> Freddy! Yes. That's the queen shelf. Yes. Uh, well, there's two queen shelves. There's a there's Freddie and his crown. Oh my god, I had no idea. No, I mean it's it's just the only album that I it's my go-to, and it's just. What are we talking? The greatest hits. The probably the, the greatest hits. Yeah, because it's just otherwise you have to fiddle around getting the best of everything. <laughs> um, and by the time I've had my sipping tequila and my Romani Conti, I don't want to be fiddling around on Sonos. So slam on. The, the greatest hits, and it's just, oh. everybody knows it. Everybody's just jumping up, and it's just, it's just brings so much joy. It's the best. It's something that, you know, I might not be playing at home or in the car, but if you want everyone on the feet singing, like, so much joy, the best. They are our national band. Totally. And they wrote our national anthem, Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. <laughs> and... Jodie, that is a superb choice, and I give you a thousand points. Oh, so you're going to say pounds then? <laughs> After that superb choice, absolutely nailed it. We come on to your wild card drinks. That's anything that's not been included that you think your dream pub would not be complete without. Oh, it's got to be a cocktail. It's got to be a cocktail. And it's something that I had this amazing barman and he just created this. I mean, it's not always it's been around for a very long time, but he just did it so well. And I just, I just love it. And it's become quite synonymous with the pub. And that's a Pisco Sour. Oh, yes. Nice. Ooh, I don't, I've never heard of it. Tell me, tell me. Oh, so kind of Pisco. So you can have like an Amaretto Sour. You can have a Whiskey Sour. But this is a Pisco. So Pisco is it's like a type of brandy, but it's a white brandy. It's a spirit distilled from wine or fermented fruit juice. Beyond that is far removed. And in some ways, even diametrically opposed to... What the fuck am I reading? I just wanted, I just went, what's in a Pisco sour? It's Pisco, lemon juice, syrup and egg white and a bit of aromatic bitters. So it sounds a bit like a, a strong version of a Tom Collins. Yeah. But because it's in a sort of short, not a short glass, but like a sort of a, a whiskey tumbler, an old fashioned glass. Exactly. So is it quite creamy with the egg white? It's very, but it's 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 millimetres of going in the wrong direction. Too much syrup, too sweet. Too much lemon, 
too sour you know too, uh, you can never have too much pisco but it's kind of like you've got to get someone that really nails it and when they nail it and they shake it up with the egg white and they get that egg white that hasn't split not that it really ever splits but it's a really fine line of making them incredibly well but when you get it oh i can do 10 of those easily you're barred jody for the first time we get to ask someone to ban something from their pub who legally has the powers bestowed upon them by the licensing committee to ban something from their pub. So in your dream pub, you get to bar something. It may not be something you can uh, legitimately bar in your own pub, but I wonder what are the things you didn't want in your pub and what is the one thing you don't want in your dream pub? I mean, the the one thing I did get rid of pretty sharpish was the bell. Interesting. It's It signifies too much kind of sadness. You don't like things ending. No, exactly. I have massive FOMO. FOMO? MOFO. No, not MOFO. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what, Jodie? I have always hated the smell of uh, candle smoke when you blow out a candle. Yeah. It's like and the end of the night. Well, I realised because my mum, when I was a kid, always lit candles, especially at Christmas. And when she blew them out, it meant it was bedtime. So I get this kind of horrible, oh, it's all over. Yeah. So whenever I have candles, I have to sort of really wet them so that there's no smoke in the air because it gives me that sort of sense memory. So how do you get people to leave in the half moon? I mean, the thing is that we have a bit of lean to, you know, making sure they finish at that time, but then, you know, kind of like, They've got to leave at that time. So drinks are stopped being served at this time. But, you know, it's it's much better, I think, with one of my team members or myself kind of going up quietly and just saying, you know, we're going to be quite close to last orders. Do you want to, do you want to stack them in now? Mm, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll have 15 Tom Collinses. Um, no, so it's, it's, it's for me, it's just... It's kind of like, as you said, it's that candle moment. It's like the end of a thing. And I think making it so bing, 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 you know, it's kind of just do it very subtly, very quietly and do it in a very kind of lovely sense where you can just go, oh, you know, we're coming up to last. I definitely don't like it when it's the bell is rung with relish. Yeah, it's horrible. It's like the ship is fricking going down. Get out (laughs) now. It's like, no, I just didn't didn't like it. It just got thrown out. It's a bit like when you're in a car. And you want to say to someone, oh, you've left your petrol cap open, but a a horn is too strong. Mm. You almost want a softer level of horn to go, hey, hey, mate, just to let you know, you've left your petrol cap open, not like, ah. When I I worked in a pub and I was very, not the most assertive people, and the landlord told me to go round and tell people to start drinking up and... I remember saying, can you start thinking about the possibility of drinking up and moving up? <laughs> you know, just not very uh, strong, strongly worded. No, it's not. It's not. But it's, it's. I think instead of kind of like starting from a negative, you've got to start with a kind of a positive is, you know, it's time to get the last orders in. What would you like? I'll go and run and get it for you. I'll go, you know you know, the, the 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 barman will make you your last cocktail or something like that rather yeah, than yeah, yeah. drink up. A bit like telling a, a sports person that their their career's over. You, <laughs> you don't say you're it's done. Totally that. You 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 yes. invite them round to your house, you you make them a meal, you say, You've had you've had a great innings. I mean what times we've had. 
It's time. It's time it's to do a podcast. Time. It's time to do a podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Jody, it has been such a genuine delight and a pleasure to speak to you. Thank you for being so generous with your time. Now, you've already named a pub because it's called the Half Moon. What are you naming this pub to differentiate? Because you need need to separate the brands. (gasps) This is horrible. What are you, the underwater moon? We're the moon underwater. So how do I get the Half Moon? I'm the... Half Moon Underwater. Yeah, the half moon underwater. The half moon underwater. Oh my god, I'm going to pass out breathless with desire. <laughs> <laughs> Jody, we are not going to ring a bell to signal the end of your time here at the moon underwater, but we are going to send you on your way with your dream pub and our sincere thanks for spending your time with us. So we're going to play you out with a song from Queen's Greatest Hits. Can I choose a different one? Because Queen is my album for the pub, but to play out, I would really love a different one. I'm going to allow it just because you've been such wonderful company. Okay, it's going to be Bob Marley, Three Little Birds. Is it really? Yeah. So you're choosing that over Seven Seas of Rye. Interesting. No, no, no. That's that's when we're up, up, up. But we're now finishing. This is the end. This is the end. So I want to kind of like, instead of the bell, I think we need the soft tones of Three Little Birds. Jodie, you, you've broken my heart, but I'll allow it. <laughs> so we will just... allow Jodie to have her own anthem as we leave the moon underwater this week. It's Three Little Birds by Bob Marley, even though, just to remind you, Queen's Greatest Hits is the album (laughs) that has gone on the pub jukebox. Uh, So, wend your merry way back into the further realm, and we thank you for coming to the moon underwater. So there you have it, folks. Jodie Kidd. And what a warm, wonderful presence she was. And I have to say, Rob, it really, really made me want to go to her pub, The Half Moon. I would absolutely love to go to one of her away days. (laughs) No, I would love to go to that pub. That would be fantastic. And I think maybe in the future when we're able to do The Moon Underwater Live it will definitely be a consideration. In fact, she's posted on Instagram. Obviously, she's opened up this week. She And do you guess what? She's got a massive table outside with just Stella, with loads of chalices and a Stella pump outside. That's so nice. It's very me. <laughs> so, folks, when we are able to do uh, live episodes... If you want tickets to those, do subscribe to the top tier of the Patreon, the Legends Underwater, patreon.com forward slash moonunderpod. And uh, we thank you for your time listening to Jodie's wonderful account of her dream pub. And we will be back next week with a superb Susie Ruffle.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.